Listener Production. Two colourful, loopy, fruity rings of deliciousness on the nutritional ladder of healthy living. It's Matt and Alex All Day Breakfast. Sparing a thought for Adam Sandler this morning. Big fan of uh, some of Adam's work. Oh, man. As far as comedy in our generation growing up, a few of those movies are the, probably the most quoted by teenagers um, for a certain generation. Yeah, They were, weren't they? Billy Madison and Happy Gilmore got absolutely worked when we were in uh, growing up. But anyways, I also loved funny people. thought that was very funny. Uh, no, he was on a talk show just the other day showing off a pretty nasty wound to, under his eye. Oh no, what happened? Well, when, when he asked about it, he said that he used his feet to untuck his bed sheets in the middle of the night to get to his phone, which was sort of halfway down the bed. But when he kicked the sheets up, they sort of created like a sort of anti-parachute-y thing and they launched the phone at his face. <laughs> when phones attack, mate. Phones have a knack of attacking, don't oh, they? Oh, they're so good at attacking, especially when you're lying down in bed just having mm. a good look. I mean, the amount of lips that have been busted and bruised from uh, a dropped phone. It's, uh, yeah, they got to put a warning on these things, honestly. So do be careful if you are listening to this podcast on your phone today. But a very big show, Matt O'Kine. Not only will you be blowing our minds with um, the biggest fact of the week, but uh, we've got a caller up next. He's got a bit of an insight as to, um, I don't know, what, who's, this, who's, the, um, who's the band that sings the song let the bodies hit the floor? I don't know, but I tell you what, this particular person has uh, has shared with us a job, a job title almost, that is one of the more bizarre that I've ever heard. So uh, that's coming up right now. This is Matt and Alex All Day Breakfast. Hope you're having an awesome Thursday. Let's do it. This is just the start. Everyone ready? Let's get this show on the road. Let's go. Here we go, here we go, here we go. Matt and Alex All Day Breakfast. Well, Alex Dyson, we're all required as part of our job to do some quite strange things sometimes where you think, how is this normal? (laughs) And uh, that was highlighted to me most recently by uh, someone who texted in when we were discussing the recent faintings that happened at the um, Queen's Jubilee. So I read an article where five soldiers had fainted at the Jubilee, mm-hmm. and uh, and they said, you know, there's no there's no indication as to why five people would have fainted, etc. In the story, mm-hmm. um, but then you know, and I mentioned that on the podcast, and Emma got in touch with us. Uh, Emma is on the line right now. Hello, Emma. Hi. Now you can shine a little bit of light into this uh, situation. So and it was something that I had no idea about. So can you tell us what's going on there with uh, soldiers fainting at the Jubilee? Yeah, so I have a military background and um, all militaries are required to do drill, which is marching, um, and normally during your first training years you do a lot of parades. And I honestly, I don't know what it is about it, but when you're on parade, a lot of people faint. And it could be like you're out there, you have to really have like good posture and stay rigid and you're concentrating on, you know, doing everything right because there's a million things you got to do, like swing your arm to a certain height, you have to stay behind the person in front of you, et cetera, et cetera. So I don't know, you just must get all that in your head and some people just faint. And it could be a really hot day or whatever mm-hmm. and people go down. And you were saying that you're not allowed, when you're standing there, you're not allowed to move? No. So when you, uh, I mean, depends on the type of parade, but, yeah, most ceremonial ones like the jubilee um when you're standing there at attention you're at attention that's it you don't move and um yeah only up until a few years ago 
you weren't allowed to help someone if they fainted next to you. You just had to carry on. <laughs> and there would be specific people at the parade ready to go out and grab people who fainted and just, like, drag them off or whatever they needed. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> sorry, sorry. It was their job. What was the, what was the job called? Um, well, we called them body snatchers. I don't know. <laughs> Oh, my God. So you had specific body snatches to when someone fainted at a parade to just to run out and snatch them and drag them away. Pretty much, yep. How close oh were you? What's the closest you were to someone who actually did faint? Um, I've had people like a couple of rows behind me, but I've fainted myself. And oh. I'm not oh. like a fainter. That's what I mean. It just happens when you're on parade. Wow. And so when did you um, regain consciousness? Uh, I just kind of spun out and walked off, and then I was fine. I had okay. got my blood sugar back up. but Yeah, um, wow. so it wasn't a so, face plant situation I mean, or something. No, thank goodness. So you're just not allowed to itch your face or, like, what happens if you sneeze or cough or what? It's the worst. And especially if when you're in basic training and, you, you know, you're getting yelled at a lot, um, any minor movement, the drill sergeants will... Like they will see it and they will nail you, and it it's it's horrendous. And what do you have to do? <laughs> Push-ups? Oh, whatever. More drill. Um, marking time is when you stand there and just um, march your feet on the spot. Um, so they'll make you do that for hours. Not having ever been in the army, Emma, I just consume it via you know movies and that kind of thing. Um, when you're marching, do you sing the songs like "I don't know what I've been told"? <laughs> Maddo no. kind is getting old or like any of those kind of <laughs> chants. Um, yeah, specifically, no. Um, well, I'm in the Air Force, which is, or I was, um, and it's significantly less regimental than the Army. So the Army maybe, but I we never did in the Air Force. Right. And what, what were you doing in the Air Force? I was a logistics officer. Mm. And what does that do? Um, so like... Uh, supply chain, um, aviation, spare parts, like get stuff to people when they need it, that type of yeah, thing. Yeah, right. Okay, cool. Dealing with a bit of jet fuel? Yes, Avta. How aviation. much is that a litre these days? Wouldn't have a clue. <laughs> yeah, no, fair enough. <laughs> Hope it's a bit cheaper than the $2.06 that the petrol's looking at at the moment. And um, before we let you go, Emma, we've got to get a, then a review of Top Gun out of you. Well, I loved it. I loved the original. Um, I don't know if you've seen the latest one. It does get a little bit far-fetched in the end, but, I mean, I'm just a top gun at heart, so I'll love it no matter what. Oh, wow. Oh, <laughs> thanks, Emma. That's great. And thank you very much for chatting to us here on Matt and Alex All Day Breakfast. Uh, we'll catch you next time. Thanks, guys. Look, Alex Tyson, we've heard about this body snatcher situation. So, I mean, it's a very bizarre job to have to do, uh, so, you know, to go and pick up people who have fainted at parade. So uh, let us know what... What strange job? What's the most bizarre job that you have had to do if you are listening? I've got one, which I'll tell you uh, next time we talk about this uh, topic, Alex Dyson. Mm. But uh, let us know yours. All day breakfast. Well, it's time for us to learn or expel wind in a very... Disappointed manner from our larynx. Mind blown is the segment Matt O'Kine brings in a fact that has been blowing his mind the last week. And we see whether it's worthy of a um, explosion or mild. a mumble. An exgrosion. Um, yeah, look, so I was uh, having some, in- like, so tasty. 
so, so tasty little cream puffs from uh, this place, Emperor's Garden in <laughs> Sydney, Chinatown recently. They're so good. 55 cents per puff. Sounds like something from a video game. A Bro, Emperor's there's a Garden sign. cream puff. <laughs> there's, so, there's a sign that says, you know, these are literally cooked on request. They are hot. Please be careful. Every time, bite mm. into it, burn my lip. <laughs> It's so hot. I'm like, ah, like I thought that would be enough. Is it from one of these shops? Like every now and again I walk through a city and there's like a massive line out the front of a mini Asian cheesecake shop or something like that. You're like, what is everyone lining up for? And it's this, it's a green bubble tea sort of place or something. I'm like, this place must be incredible. It's a window with this machine that sounds like a printing press. It just goes jing, 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 jing constantly. Yeah. Just squirting out little puffs and then in putting the yolk custard in them, they flip over. Like you watch the whole process, and these people just like the the people in the in the in the window just dishing out. It'll just be one person dishing out puff after puff. Like the line is never ending, <laughs> and it just puff 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 puff. I don't know how many of these things they go through. Anyways, it's my new favorite little obsession. Okay, very tasty, economical little snack. Uh, is and the line really big with like lots of clowns lining up to get one to s- smash into their friends' faces? Or <laughs> no. no, so <laughs> the reason I come up with this particular mind blown is because mm. I was looking at Sydney Chinatown and I was thinking, you know, ten years ago when I first moved to Sydney or a little bit earlier, like Chinatown was it was a thriving destination. I'm not saying that that's completely lost, but it has lost a little bit of flair. Then I remember growing up in Brisbane and Chinatown was like, I mean, I remember being a kid and going to Chinatown basically feeling like I was in a whole other country, mm. you know? Now it's well, not, uh, not quite the same. As a kid walking through and seeing like fish in tanks in the window, I mean, that's I know, right? Ducks in windows, like, well, Yumcha, whoa! <laughs> right? So anyways, I thought, I wonder what the history is behind Chinatown. Now, I mean, as is a lot of the case, not necessarily the happiest of histories, really. <laughs> Usually uh, harking back to areas in which people of certain backgrounds are only allowed to live. Segregation based, and stuff. Yeah, yep. based on, you know, accessibility to uh, ports, say, labour, for mm. instance, uh, or, you know, access routes so that they can stock things. It's but, it's so interesting, like looking at cultural history like that and going from that to just like everyone flocking there for the tastiest food in, <laughs> the, tastiest in pups, the country. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the oldest Chinatown in the world, 1594, um, in the uh, Philippine capital of Manila. It's a oh. district called Binondo. Uh, and that was while Philippines was under Spanish rule. Um, and it was because it was set up there because it was close to the port for labour, uh, but not too close as to live with the locals or the Spaniard aristocracy. <laughs> so that was an interesting one. But what I did find then, because Melbourne's Chinatown still is quite a thriving, bustling place, mm-hmm. and uh, and I I read several reports saying the same thing. And I look and I looked at a lot of different places that seem to confirm this, but whether whether it's 100% true, I, I can't tell you, just the internet says this, but Melbourne Chinatown is the longest continuous Chinese settlement in the Western world. What? So, so a lot of Chinatowns have moved places within their cities. Say, for instance, the San Francisco one would normally be 
the should be the oldest one, but it has moved spots a couple of times. They shifted, shifted it around. Yeah, whereas Melbourne's has always been centred around Burke Street. Little Burke Street since it started around the Victorian Gold Rush era. So I thought that's a pretty mind-blowing fact in my opinion. Mind blown. Blown away. I'll give it to you, mate. I'll give it to yes. you. That's nice in Australia, longest continuous cultural destination there. Um, but we also like getting your own mind blowns sent through to matt.and.alex on Instagram. Record a little voice memo. We'd love having your voice on the show with us. Jack has sent this week's mind blown. Hey, Matt and Alex, it's Jack from Melbourne, and I've got a mind blowing fact. When it is room temperature, 21 degrees Celsius, the speed of sound is 344 metres per second, and that increases or decreases 0.6 metres per second per degree. So, for example, if it was 100 degrees Celsius, the speed of sound would be about 386 metres per second. Mind blown, question mark? Mind blown? blown. That is a mind blown, Jack. Oh, The heat in the air affects how quickly sound travels through it. So Jack's saying that it's faster. It travels faster in warmer temperatures. I tell you what, that's no wonder our uh, bloody Sydney rave in the sweat box at the Beach Road Hotel, that rave, those rave sounds were coming out thick and fast because that was the hottest place on the planet that night. I would have thought sound would travel quicker in colder temperatures because it would want to get to its destination a bit faster, you know? It's like a bit chilly. (laughs) It's like when it's raining, you run. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, oh, it's cold out here. Zipping straight to whoever's what, ears it needs to get to. Sound with the jacket <laughs> over its head, sprinting to get to its destination. <laughs> Maybe. Like, I don't know. Why would it go quicker in thicker heat, like a warmer well, temperature? Well, I slow down when things are cold. You don't get to move as fast. You're not as loose. I don't know. Have you heard anyone from, like, North Queensland talk? It's not fast, you know what I mean? Like, no one's in a rush up there. So I don't think that the cold, it just, it's surprising me, that's all. Well, very nice point. Well, if you would like to give us a mind blown, please send a voice memo very quickly to matt.and.alex and we'll be able to hear it here on the show and make sure people's domes are being blown on the reg. All day breakfast. Order up! Just how you like it. Perfect. Yeah, it's a rude awakening, Alex Dyson, um, when you move states. Have you ever had to do it? Um, I have had to do it. Me and Tom Ballard, I was 21, he was 20. We got in my dad's Hyundai Gets with the trailer on the back and the three of us road tripped up the Hume Highway from Victoria to Sydney to uh, start a job on Triple J Breakfast. Oh, big times, isn't it? Poor old Gets didn't really go well on a few hills outside of Gundagai with the trailer on the back. We were struggling. Three big boys in the the car. One of the things that I first realised, and we talked about the ferry schnitt a couple of weeks ago, and maybe I even mentioned it in the episode, but like when I first moved from Brisbane to Sydney, In Brisbane, the number one pub meal is the steak, right? That Mm. is just it. You move to Sydney, it's all about the schnitt, right? I just didn't, I didn't realise that this, there was such a culture around it. I didn't realise moving to New South Wales, the amount of VIP rooms that there were. (laughs) Uh, But I thought, oh, this is pretty cool. Go to the VIP room and 
I'm not sure if the advertising was quite is quite there. <laughs> it's so true, isn't it? You're like, why do all these clubs have a VIP room? They must have, yeah, like you know, Gucci bags <laughs> and all that, like designer clothing and stuff like that. But no, there's certainly a different type of uh, experience when you go to the VIP room. If you don't know, and maybe you don't know, but the VIP rooms are the are pokey rooms in, yeah. in New South Wales. In like licensed venues with the poke, the section where the pokies are, they call the VIP rooms. Very yeah, important right. pokies. Exactly. So uh, I was uh, was interested to know that, uh, you know, it wasn't just me uh, feeling this when we first, when you first moved from Brisbane to Sydney uh, or vice versa or just interstate in general. And Sean got in touch with us. Uh, Sean, what was your experience, mate? Well, opposite to Matt, I guess, moving from New South Wales to Queensland um, as a young schoolboy, grade five, give or take. And, um, you know, we're sitting around at lunch and the guys are, you know, do you like Cheerios? You eat Cheerios. Yeah. And I was like, oh, well, you know, they're not the best. A bit bland. <laughs> and, and so, you know, obviously they got a bit upset at that and they, you know, pushed a little bit harder. And that's, that's how I found out that Cheerios in Queensland are cocktail frankfurts. Yeah, see, that's the thing. Yeah. Did you that's, know? I, like, I, I, I found that out one day, you know, coming from down south in Australia. Um, Cheerios, I'd assume is the cereal. Are you the same there, Sean? Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. Definitely the little the little O's, the little cereal. Yeah. I'd never even and thought about And I mainly know it cereal, from watching mate. American TV shows or movies where they have Cheerios. They didn't really have Cheerios, but that's all I knew them as. And then, yeah, little cocktail frankfurts up in Queensland are called Cheerios. Bro, you know what they call them in uh, in New Zealand as well is little boys. <laughs> little boys, yeah. That feels, I mean, that's a bit weird. That's, but, the, um, that's the worst. It's <laughs> so well, weird, that, isn't Zealand. it? What? Like no, who? There's, there's heaps of it in Queensland. So you, the... your school bag is your port. Your yeah, and port? the port rack. And yeah, you call rack. it your port rack. Yeah. Your backpack is your port. Yep, no, yeah. that's called your port. Are you kidding me? Yeah, put your port um, on the port rack. Yep, you got your school canteen. No, that's the tuck shop. Tuck shops are Australia tuck wide, shop. surely. <laughs> no, we didn't call it the tuck know, shop. It was the canteen. You didn't call it the tuck canteen. shop? No, canteen. Are you kidding me? Yeah, definitely well, the canteen. Is, it, is Queensland just tuck? Is tuck shop just Queensland? I've heard of it, but you, no one would say it. <laughs> what? Everyone calls it the tuck shop. I, I remember um, Refidex was one as well because it was the brand of the street directory. Refidex. So you'd always say, you know, have you got your Refidex or you know, have you like checked the Refidex? But I think in New South Wales they called it a Gregory's because it was the brand of the of the street directory. You know. Well, they do that here too. They got. You called your, your swimmers Togs. Togs is the brand. Is Togs a brand? Yes, Togs is a brand. Yeah, my dad used Togs a little bit. The one in Queensland I found weird is when people said, I, I need a flannel. And I'm like thinking of like a flannelette shirt or something like that. And there's no, it's a face washer. What? I've never heard that. I've never heard that either. Maybe that's the New Mate, South Wales version for it. Someone's stitching you up, bro. Get your flannel. Ed, people any, know any, a flannel. Producer Ed, have you got any that pop into mind? My dad used to call runners sand shoes. <laughs> so I remember once going into school being like, oh, those are some really cool sand shoes and everyone laughed at me. <laughs> <laughs> I know sand shoes though. Like that's, that yeah, is Yeah, but it's of... the kind of thing that <laughs> teachers would say. You'd be like, this is weird. I mean, Yeros, Yeros is the Adelaide uh, kebab. I'd never heard of a Yeros until I went to Adelaide. 
Isn't that the actual like Greek word for? for well, it, I don't know, but they certainly don't yeah. call it a euros in. <laughs> was born in Adelaide, Queensland. You know, but they all they seem to call it a euros everywhere you go in Adelaide. Mm. So yeah, well, look, thank you very much for getting in contact with the show, Sean. Really appreciate it. And just one last thing, yeah. Oh sure, go on. What? Pack her up, boys. <laughs> oh well, he's called it. Sean. He's called it. And what a good way to end the show today. Thank you very much, Sean, for hanging out with us. And thank you very much to you for listening in. We really appreciate your time and your ears. And uh, hopefully we'll be able to slither into them once again tomorrow morning. Yeah, it's a big cheerio from me to you. (laughs) Matt and Ali's All Day Breakfast. Hope you're having a good one. We'll see you tomorrow. Bye-bye. That's it. The All Day Breakfast kitchen is closed. Got something to add to the show? Slide into our DMs at matt.and.alex. Listener.